thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that every word I speak will go deeply into our hearts. Lord, that they will be words that come from your heart to our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, so the, the thoughts I want to share with you this morning are um, inspired by one of Dutch Sheets. Give him 15 postings from early in March when he talked about the difference between authority and power. So as Psalm 92 says, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. So it is a good thing to consider and praise him for what he has accomplished for us through the cross. Yes, amen. Now over the last few years, the world has dramatically changed in almost every conceivable way as evidence of the foulest evil and deep widespread corruption have been and continue to be brought to light. Tyranny has replaced democracy and people and systems we thought were trustworthy are proving to have long been just the opposite. As the scriptures foretold, evil is called good and good is called evil. And this is what Isaiah wrote. Now, Elsa's just been sharing with us prophecies from the Old Testament. Well, Isaiah was, um, he was one of the ones who predicted so much of what we're living in today. And this is what he says in Isaiah chapter 5, and it's verse 20 and 21. Ah, good, thank you, Shane. Anyway, I'll read this. Verse 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own mm. sight. Does that sound familiar? Mm, amen. We are very clearly in a world where understanding of Christ's finished work is vital, dare I say it, for our actual survival. Amen. So, just to be a little bit different this morning, I'm going to start the message with the conclusion. <laughs> and the conclusion is this. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen. All authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. Jesus completely disarmed the devil at Calvary. Amen. Stripping him of every trace of authority that Praise he had God. stolen yes. from Adam and Eve. Amen. And although he no longer has any authority whatsoever, he still has power. And he still prowls around like a roaring lion, trying to rob, kill and destroy. Now there's a wonderful caution in Acts 19 about misunderstanding this <laughs> and trying to use Holy Spirit power without authority. One demon-possessed man took on seven others and gave the whole lot of them a joy good hiding. <laughs> All seven at once. However, and this is really important, when it comes to spiritual control on the earth, power has never been the determining factor. God's power is, and always will be, infinitely superior to that of all other beings. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. 
It's a yippee moment. So the issue is one of authority. And here's the difference. Authority is the right and the responsibility to rule or perform an act. Power is the strength or force needed to do it. Now, when Dutch Sheets did his little posting, he used the illustration of a police officer. His badge is his authority. He carries out his duties under the authority represented by that badge. Now, whether or not a criminal situation exists at any time, the demeanour of the officer is to demonstrate that authority. And before confronting a criminal or addressing a situation, <coughs> excuse me, the officer must show the badge or the warrant card, whatever symbol is appropriate. Now, if it's necessary then to exert that authority, then the officer calls on the power invested in him. Mm. Now, in the USA, that would mean using his gun. But here it might be a taser or it might be a Bobby's truncheon or something of the sort. <laughs> but the weapon is his power. So authority controls and releases power. Power backs up and enforces authority. Mm. So there we have the difference. Authority controls and releases the power and power backs up and enforces that authority. Mm. So... How does the difference manifest for you and me as Christians? Well, since I started at the conclusion, maybe I'll go to the beginning. <laughs> and in the beginning, God. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Amen. Here's a message for today. Amen. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on you. So Adam, or if you like mankind, was given dominion over the earth. He was given the authority and the responsibility to fill the earth, to subdue it, and to rule it. It's very quiet. <laughs> Psalm 115 verse 16 says this, The heavens are the heavens of the, law, of the Lord. The earth he has given to the sons of men. <coughs> the Lord God will take care of the heavens, but the earth he assigned to humans. And God's intention was to receive worship, praise, and glory through humanity flourishing throughout the earth. Amen. The whole earth was designed to reflect God's love, justice, and beauty, a world of shalom. As image bearers of God, we are made to flourish with our Creator and one another. We are made to work as God does, to provide, to create order, to bring beauty, to release potential, and to reflect God's presence, God's identity, and to reflect God's authority in all the world. Now Matthew Henry wrote, as mankind has the government of the inferior creatures, he is, as it were, God's representative, God's viceroy. 
So any delegated authority is a representation, and if you like, it's a representation. Represent, represent. Mm. Representing the will, the wishes, the laws of whatever the foundational authority is. And so it was in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were given a mandate to manage the world on God's behalf. Amen. They were to represent the goodness of God, his love for creation, nurturing and developing it for the Lord's glory and honour. But, sin sabotaged the plan of God. Now, I want to briefly consider a couple of aspects of the temptation of Adam and Eve at the Garden of Eden that help us to see what was lost and how Jesus won it back again and the significance of that for your life and for mine. From the beginning, in his hatred towards the Lord, Satan tried to undermine God's people by undermining God's word. Yes, amen. And remember, Jesus is the word of God. Mm. Sowing seeds of doubt about God's goodness, spreading confusion and telling outright lies about how offensive sin is to God and about the inevitable consequences of sin. Effectively, Satan wants to see sin as something good that a bad God doesn't want us to have. His main lie is sin is not bad and God is not good. Mm. Now isn't that just what I read in Isaiah 5? Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. <clears throat> Eve succumbed to those lies as the Apostle John describes in 1 John 2.16. First of all, she gave in to the lust of the flesh. She saw that it was good for food. Then she gave in to the lust of the eyes. It was pleasant to look at. And then she gave in to the pride of life because it was desirable to make one wise. Now once Adam and Eve accepted the lie and ate the forbidden fruit, they surrendered their God-given authority to the enemy. Sin entered the world. Adam's surrender brought death to all mankind. In other words, things were really messed up. And if you go to the passage in Romans 5, particularly that section from 12 to 19, it talks about Adam did this, but Jesus did that. Adam did this, Jesus did that. And you can see how Jesus reversed. Enter Jesus who came into the world to save sinners. Jesus was born in human flesh in order to pay the ultimate penalty for all the consequences that are outlined in that passage. And thank you, Elsa, for what you shared this morning. Just wonderful stuff. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeehaw! Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) How appropriate that we have just celebrated Easter. Amen. Early in his ministry, Jesus faced the great wilderness temptation that addressed and redressed the temptation of Adam and Eve. And he did it all in the power of Holy Spirit. Luke 4 is the story of the wilderness temptation. Verse 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, 
left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was, <coughs> excuse me, he was tempted by the devil. <coughs> now, 40 days is a long time. It's nearly six weeks. It was no simple little exercise. This was all-out warfare. Amen. Just as the temptation of Eve had challenged her body and her soul and her spirit, so the devil again hurled body, soul, and spirit temptations at Jesus. Yes. Now, in particular, verse 5 to 7, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. Oh, bless you, Steve. Thank you. I'll just read that again. This is, this is what Satan said to Jesus. I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Now notice that Jesus didn't say, you can't do that. He was well aware that the devil was actually speaking the truth. But Jesus asserted the power of God's word that the devil had once mocked. And he totally disempowered the potential effect of the temptation when he said, it is written. Amen. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, as the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The power of the word of God triumphed over the work of the devil. Praise the Lord. And just think about how many times Robbie's been saying to us, we've got to saturate ourselves in the word of God. It's the word of God that takes away any power that the devil might try to impose on us. However, the full and the final triumph was yet to come. Jesus continuously, all the way through his ministry, demonstrated the reason for his incarnation because his daily walk with Father and Holy Spirit was such that he only ever said and did what Father said to say or do. He lived a world, a life of total and absolute obedience. He was totally without sin. And so it was that people could say, as in Luke 4, a little bit further on in the story, what words these are, with authority and power. Amen. He gives orders Glory. to the pure spirits and they come out. And in the account of the four men who carried their paralyzed friend to Jesus, he said to the people, I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. As the incarnate Son of God, Jesus was exercising the authority Father had originally given to mankind. Jesus was exercising the authority Father had originally given to mankind. Amen. He exercised that authority as a human yes. from a place of perfect submission and obedience. 
Now in his grace and mercy and his love for mankind, he delegated his authority to his disciples. Ooh. Matthew 10.1, it records him calling his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Right. And then in verse 7 he said, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And he could actually stand up here and say that to you and me right now. Amen. <laughs> now this is so much more than just a kind gesture. Jesus was giving the disciples and us a very important message. Adam had surrendered his authority to the devil and I'm here to give it back to you. Still nice. very quiet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that sounds a bit like Trump. Oh, no, no, no. Now, as with his 12 disciples, Jesus sent out 72 others to go through the nation to heal and to deliver. And when they returned, they were really excited. Amen. It worked. Amen. Jesus, wow, it worked. It's so exciting. It really works. Things happen just like you said they would. Praise God. In Luke 10, 17 to 19, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the Glory. enemy. Nothing will harm you. Amen. Woo! Now in both these situations, notice this. Jesus did not say, off you go, and when you meet people, ask me to come and heal them. <laughs> ask me to come and drive out the devils. He said, you go. You go and heal. You go and deliver. You go and raise the dead. I have given you authority. And I guess it's a little bit like the many young teachers I trained over the years. They weren't sent out on practicum so I could go and teach their lessons. <laughs> Effectively, the schools that hosted them gave them the authority to impart what had been given to them at college. They themselves taught the lessons on the authority and the, and the trust granted to them from our college and the hosting school. He says, you do it. You do it. The incarnation of Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection are about restoring mankind to our place of relationship and delegated authority as representatives of Creator God. Jesus' life on earth was focused towards Calvary and the redeeming of mankind to reverse the work of the devil and restore everything that had been lost Praise at Eden. God. Amen. As he approached Jerusalem for the last time, Jesus said, and this is quoted from John 12, 31, now is the time for judgment on this world. He knew he was coming up to Jerusalem to be crucified. 
Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of the world will be driven out. And Easter is the constant reminder to us of Jesus' total victory over sin and death at Calvary. And again in Romans 5, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He went to the cross, a perfect, sinless man. He fulfilled every righteous requirement of the law, and as Elsa shared, he fulfilled every prophecy of Amen. Messiah. Praise the Lord. He fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law as the Passover lamb without blemish. And again, as Elsa has shared, Jesus actually became sin. He actually became a curse for us, and he faced the full fury of Father's wrath against that sin. That's how much he loves us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're familiar with this verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Glory. His work is a finished work. John 19.30, when John's record of the crucifixion, on the cross, once Jesus had received the drink, he said, it is finished. And with that, he died and gave up his spirit. The devil was now completely defeated. This was the fullness of the triumph over sin and death. Remember the curse of Satan in Genesis 3? You will eat dust all the days of your life. <laughs> This is a picture of total and absolute defeat. Have you ever been running a race and heard someone say, eat my dust? <laughs> <laughs> and we all know the expression to bite the dust. It means to fall face down in the dirt to suffer complete defeat. The devil is a totally defeated enemy. Just in case you didn't get the message. Yes, Christ's victory is total. Amen. This God-man, Christ, recovered Adam's lost authority in its entirety. Praise the Lord. After his resurrection, he said to the disciples, as I said right at the beginning, my conclusion, <laughs> all authority is now given to me, both in heaven and on earth. Christ took it all, and Satan lost it all. Amen. And... God is still honouring his original decision to rule and work on earth through people. For that reason, Jesus needs human beings here on earth through whom to release and exercise that authority. You and I, his body, his church, his ecclesia, you know that word they all use, mm -hmm. meaning the called out ones, it's actually a legislative governing body. <laughs> it is, that's yes, the meaning yes. of the word. That's right. It's a legislative governing body. He gives us the authority, Holy Spirit provides the power. Yeah. Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Glory. Holy Spirit is the power to exercise God's will. The word of God is our weapon. Now we know all about the word of God. Oh, there's a pretty picture there too. It doesn't come out very well, but it's a sword on top of the Bible. 
But that um, passage, Hebrews 4.12, I just love this. The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. <clears throat> Penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. <clears throat> and as we know from 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 149. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands, in other words, the word, yes. to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Not very nice, but this is what we're called to do. To inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of his faithful people. Amen. Amen. That's Psalm 149. That's what we're called to do. This is the Lord's commission to us. It's our privilege and our responsibility as his representatives here on earth, recipients of his delegated authority. And may I just go back to the thought right at the beginning of the state of the world at the moment. And if we don't start standing up and using the word of God, Amen. we're going to be trampled into yes. the dirt. Preach it. You know, the authorities of this world, and New Zealand's not immune, they're into the most hideous and revolting destruction. And we've got the power of God. This is the Lord's commission to us. It's our privilege and it's our responsibility as his representatives on earth recipients of his delegated authority. We go in the authority of the Saviour's name, the name above all names, the authority above all authorities. And as joint heirs with Christ, we exercise the authority of Christ when we quote his word. Glory. Just same way Jesus did in the wilderness. Totally disempower the enemy by the power of his word. And with this authority, we command his kingdom, rule, and will into the earth. Now, how many times have you and I prayed the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are seated with Christ in his seat of authority. And from there, we release his authority over principalities and powers in the earth. Now back to my verse, Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Jesus made it perfectly clear in John 14. Very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Glory. <laughs> yes. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Have you ever thought about the implications of that? <laughs> Very truly. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater. Mm. 
works than these. Mark 16, when he's commissioning the disciples, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Glory to Lord, thank you. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Praise God. Now that's a staggering promise. A staggering promise and a wonderful invitation. And for a long time, I have to confess, I've been praying to see that happen here. Glory. In the aglow meetings, in the church meetings, in our backyard. It's happening. But I'm beginning to realize that preaching the gospel is a whole lot more than saving people from hell. Amen. I mean, that's important enough. That's vital. The bottom line is mankind's restored authority as representatives of Creator God on earth. Jesus invites us to join him in fully restoring mankind's creation mandate to rule the earth on his behalf and for his glory. And as I was preparing this, I got to the end of John's Gospel in my Bible and I've written a whole lot of stuff. So here it is. Jesus is the Redeemer. We are the releases. He is the victor. We are the enforcers. Jesus is the head. We are the body. Jesus is the producer. We are the distributors. Praise God. His work empowers my prayer. My prayers release his work. Glory, I love it. Remember what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Keys of the kingdom is delegated authority. Yes. And Romans 8.37 reminds us that all these things we are more than conquerors. So much more. We are the releases of God's finished work. We are the enforcers of God's holy will. We are the distributors of his love and mercy. And I decided to make little asterisks out of my pretty picture of a cross with a double. So that's, that's an asterisk. At creation, God gave authority and dominion to mankind. In the Garden of Eden, Adam surrendered that authority to the devil. At the cross, Jesus took back absolutely everything that had been Praise stolen. God. Yes. And now, Jesus has all authority and he invites us as his co-heirs to exercise it with him. Praise the Lord. Woo! <laughs> 
Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Lord, this is all just so wonderful. But Lord, we know it's true. What your word says, your word is true. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have in your grace and your mercy brought us from darkness into light. Lord, you have given us delegated authority, Lord, to do all these wonderful things your word says, to go out and preach the gospel. Lord, to tread on deadly things and we won't be hurt. Lord, to, to have, have to drink poison and it just doesn't make any difference, Lord. We can, Lord, we can, through your authority, overcome all the work yes, of the enemy. We can stand bold. We can stand strongly, Lord, and powerfully in your name. Proclaim the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. Lord God, we just praise you. We worship you. We glorify your holy name. Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Praise Oh, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, praise your name. Whoa. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.